Thank you so much for being the guest this week, Neil. It's um, an honor, my friend. It was also great to see you uh, in London recently. Yes, yes. we got. To, I, uh, I caught COVID afterwards. I know it wasn't you, but uh, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I think it was me. Uh, I, think I've, I don't think I was the, the person, the, the ground zero of the new variant or whatever. Um, so for anybody who doesn't know who the amazing Neil Schaefer is, um, what's your 30-second, uh, if you had to pitch yourself to an elevator, what elevator, what would you say to the elevator? Uh, I am a digital content influencer, social media marketing author, speaker, consultant, love to help businesses grow through innovative uh, use of digital marketing. And you're also a bit of an internationalist, aren't you? You've... Uh... Uh, have you lived in Japan? Do you speak fluent Japanese? I have. I uh, I did my junior year abroad of university in Beijing, China, and a summer before yeah. then in Taiwan. Um, I did a summer after graduating in Tokyo, and I ended up living in Japan 15 years where I actually worked with uh, Japanese and foreign companies in China and throughout Asia. So, yeah, I have a lot of uh, experience living and traveling in that China, Japan, Korea, Hong Kong, Taiwan area. Okay, I don't know why I said that because I don't think any of your books have got any relationship to China or Japan. But I just thought, just to me, it's just really cool that you can do. Well, that. it's part of the DNA. It's what gives you unique perspective. Yeah. And it's funny because as I read, as a book reader, yeah, when I read books from people, I want to know more about them because it helps me understand. Oh, well, this person. Um, I have one very, very specific one today. It's a book about content marketing, but it comes from someone who started as a web designer. So they're going to have a very different perspective on content marketing than someone that might have started as a writer, for instance. So understanding, especially in nonfiction books, I'd say yeah. the same as fiction books, but nonfiction especially, knowing their professional background is going to help you understand their perspective and if that book is for you or not. Or maybe it's going to be a different perspective. You'll learn a heck of a lot more because of that. Right. Okay. Let's kick off with, well, I've put the books in. You kind of gave them to me in a big order. So I've just randomly reordered them. Oh, so I love randomness. This is the, uh, right, let's do the first one. And the first one is maximizing LinkedIn sales and social media marketing by this new shaper person. So we've already talked about the author and his eclectic background. So yes, why did you pick this one? Well, so I, I am the author of four books working on my fifth, and yeah. this is my second book. Now, um, being an author is interesting because if you do nonfiction, sometimes that information can get dated, right? Mm. Now, this is a book I will be completely transparent. This is a book written in 2011. Yeah. However, in 2011, I was already looking at things like social selling, using LinkedIn for sales, employee advocacy, um, you know, leveraging your employees as part of your LinkedIn marketing and obviously LinkedIn for social media marketing. So the, the user interface of the platform has changed, but these concepts really haven't. And when I decide to do a revision of a book, this is probably going to be the first or second that I revise. I obviously have a lot more to give, but if you're looking for a good quick read, it also includes, you know, 15 plus case studies. So, um, and I know I have the zoom effect on my videos. So you might not be able to see <laughs> no, that. But... Out your... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but if, if you're looking for a good, easy read, yeah. ignore, you know, the, the user interface, some of the functionality yeah. uh, is no longer there. But like I said, the concepts are evergreen and I think you'll see LinkedIn in a very, very different way. Um, and I encourage you to uh, check it out, but yes, it is, it is a little old, I'll, I'll be honest, but I think it is still relevant. Okay, so um, as we've, we've got eight books this evening. Let's not spoil it for anybody, but we've got eight books. 
So we've got a little bit of time to talk about each book. So yeah, and and you know, this is at the very top here. It says, I know you can't see that, an unofficial <laughs> practical guide to selling and developing B2B businesses on LinkedIn. Yeah. So a little bit of background. My first book was called Windmill Networking, Understanding, Leveraging, and Maximizing LinkedIn. And it was very much a networking book because I yeah. really wasn't doing social media for a living. And back in 2010, in January, I launched my digital consultancy where now I was working with businesses. So this book published in 2011 was my, my wanting to adjust my content to the business market, to really inbound marketing of creating a business book. And LinkedIn, I was tied between creating a book about Twitter, believe it or not, and a book about LinkedIn. I went yeah. for LinkedIn. Um, and just you know, very, very briefly, if I was going to go through it, um, I begin with a mindset. Literally, the name of chapter one is LinkedIn Mindset. And I think this is important because LinkedIn is not TikTok. It's not Instagram. It's not yeah. Facebook. It's very unique. And once you understand, you know, LinkedIn, I think you can better take advantage of it. Number two, why every business needs to be on LinkedIn. It's funny because there is a, uh, a university here, University of Massachusetts at Dartmouth. And every year they put out a, a data, a survey of the Fortune 500 companies and where they have a presence on social networks. And LinkedIn's always number one, because whether you're B2B or B2C, if you're hiring people, you have employees, you're going to be on LinkedIn. So um, that's just another reason. Um, number three, chapter three is about LinkedIn profile optimization. This is still really, really important today. Um, number four or chapter four, reestablishing your LinkedIn network. So, you know, your network is important. It's, it's going to be the content that you see in your feed. It's going to help you engage with these people better. It's going to help you get back in touch with people. Um, you know, I share a case study here of someone who just uploaded their old contact database said, hey, this is what I'm doing now for a living. And ended up closing a seven-figure consulting deal from just getting back in touch with people. So, you know, reestablishing your network is really important. Number or chapter five is LinkedIn companies. So if you have a company, it gives you another place. It, you know, LinkedIn companies has become a directory of businesses. It gives you a chance to publish business content versus your personal content. That's obviously a no-brainer. Um, chapter six, developing a targeted community of professionals through LinkedIn groups. If there was one chapter that I would probably delete from future editions, it would be LinkedIn groups because they've really yeah. devalued in importance over the last decade. I think the networking actually goes on in the feed. It goes on in the comment section. It goes on in, in direct messages. It goes on when you have an event on an event page. So, you know, you might read information about LinkedIn groups. Pretty much 90% of it's going to be outdated. And I really would not. There are some LinkedIn groups out there. I know that that are really awesome. Um, but they're very few. So that would not be a strategic place that I would uh, prioritize my time. Uh, chapter seven, the many ways to engage on LinkedIn. This has only gotten better. Uh, there's just so many ways to engage like you would on a Facebook or an Instagram. And that's really where the magic in social media is, especially if you're in like B2B sales or trying to build a personal brand. Um, chapter eight, utilize business intelligence from the professional graph. So there is a lot of competitive intelligence you can get from LinkedIn by looking at other companies, looking at their followers, looking at who is a connection of who, looking at who is engaged in what content. And that can be really powerful in building uh, not just better understanding about your competition, but what content resonates with them, who are their fans, who might you want to try to convert into becoming your fan. Uh, chapter nine is all about prospecting and my background uh, Tim, before all this is B2B sales. So it's something oh, okay. I'm, yeah. I'm passionate about. There are books that are just dedicated to prospecting on LinkedIn. Definitely, yeah. if that's your thing, go out and get one of those as well. Um, chapter 10, obtaining thought leadership and gaining mindshare. This is still critical today for, for every executive out there. 
Um, chapter 11, utilizing LinkedIn for social media optimization. How do we get the most uh, social media marketing juice out of LinkedIn? Chapter 12, mm -hmm. paid media. LinkedIn ads are uh, really developed over time. This is a chapter I'll definitely rewrite because now they have a variety of ads, including LinkedIn messaging ads. So maybe you've received yeah. these, but you can get an ad right in your inbox. And for some, this might convert very, very well. This I, I actually use this to reach out to university professors when I published my most recent book. It was a great campaign, got a lot of response, uh, ended up getting an offer to teach at a university in Vietnam, believe it or not, um, yeah. as a result of that, as well as a number of guest lectures. Um, pay to play chapter 13, you know, now you have to pay to play in social media, but back then it was still a question. Yeah. And then chapter 14 is still something that when I present on LinkedIn, I will close with, which is how do you make a routine out of your LinkedIn, uh, activities? How do you make it part of your, your daily DNA? Um, how do you create a routine? How do you measure your ROI, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, if that sounds exciting to you, I hope that you'll check it out. Um, on my website, I actually have a free ebook, uh, oh, right. LinkedIn for business, which is more up to date, which I created to provide these readers up to date information. But if you get that and you still want more, I would definitely check out maximizing LinkedIn for sales and social yeah. media marketing. I hope this is sort of the depth you wanted to go into my friend. No, well, no, I mean, it's, uh, I, wasn't, I don't think we could do chapter by chapter on every book in the list, but it's still good. Um, so I like. I might, well, I, to be honest, I don't really know who, who watches Amazon Live, these Amazon Live shows, because Amazon has the information. But let's say there's a plumber from, uh, who runs a medium-sized company somewhere in the Midwest, Hank, let's say. Is, that the kind, is this the kind of book that he could use, could read and understand, or is this more for people who've got some experience already for LinkedIn? That's a great question. And I let me first say, I was able to go into chapter by chapter because I actually wrote the book. So yeah. for books that I did not write, it's going to be a lot more brief summary. <laughs> but I would say that, you know, an unofficial practical guide to selling and developing B2B business. Yeah. So it's less about, you know, yesterday I had someone repair the garage door at my home. I found them on Yelp, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to look for garage, garage door repair on a LinkedIn. I might look on a Facebook, but in the United States, I'm going to go to Yelp first. That, that's me. So LinkedIn is really about B2B. If it is a plumber that services companies and yeah. that sells to people in charge of you know, um, facilities management, then definitely that is, you know, yeah. if, if you're trying to find people inside of businesses or you know, selling to businesses in general, that's where you want to be. If this plumber wanted to become part of the creator economy, and there's a plumber that I've interviewed who has hundreds of thousands of uh, subscribers on YouTube has become a bona fide YouTube influencer just by showing plumbing videos. And he's actually created a trade school for plumbers <laughs> to help them get more money, uh, yeah. you know, from their salary. So, you know, when it comes to social media, you have a choice of different networks. You don't need to be on every network and some networks are going to be more appropriate for others based on obviously your objectives and your ability and passion for creating content. So I think LinkedIn is definitely B2B or personal branding. If if you are a plumber working at a company, you'll want to invest in your personal brand on LinkedIn because that's where many companies go looking for talent. Yeah, okay. I think we're going to the next book. We've done our oh, 16 minutes on that. So. <laughs> right. And the next book is The Ultimate uh, Guide to Amazon Advertising by Jeffy P. Seabood. Yes. So um, this is, I, I, I want to first preface this by saying that, Tim, I'm, I'm really honored to be here because one of my New Year's resolutions for 2023 is to read a book a week. 
So I literally spent a day on January 1st creating my 52 books. Some of them I have already read before, but there are newer editions out. I'll get to those. This is a book. I was looking for books on uh, Amazon advertising. I have clients that are uh, business to consumer and they sell on Amazon and I was looking for a primer. So this was the best one that I could find or one of the best ones that I could find. It's from Entrepreneur Press, so Entrepreneur Magazine. Um, They have a lot of very, very good books out there. And The Ultimate Guide to Amazon Advertising, I mean, this was written by Timothy P. Seward. He has his own e-commerce agency, so he's an agency owner, but he's done a lot with uh, Amazon since way back when. It was published back in 2019, obviously a lot newer than the previous book I talked about, but I still (laughs) felt, uh, you know, Amazon ads, like any other ad platform, they did a complete uh, revision fairly recently, but I still felt the concepts that were covered were very, very relevant. So you know, it, from a marketing perspective, I do marketing for a living, obviously. If you sell to consumers, especially in the United States, the first touch point is often Amazon. Yeah. Right. They will do research when they're ready to buy or looking for a product to buy on Amazon. So it's actually something that in the blogosphere, social media, I don't see people talking enough, uh, talking about enough. Uh, there's some that see Amazon as the enemy, the competitor. I mean, come on, you know, it's like you're an author trying to compete with Amazon. It's not going to happen. And it's best to find out how to best work together with them. And Amazon, at the end of the day, is a customer centric company. So this book, if you're trying to figure out, should you sell on Amazon? I have someone in my uh, mastermind group who is creating a 100 calorie, um, you know, sugar free, keto, non GMO uh, bar that's filled with protein but it's twice the size of any other 100 calorie uh, bar out there. So the idea is that it's more satisfying. And she wants to do a Kickstarter. I'm like, well, why, why just do a Kickstarter? Why not consider Amazon? It's just, a, you know, especially yeah. if you target something like Prime Day, where there's a lot of traffic. So if you sell, let's say you have a Shopify store or you, you sell a product uh, out of a store, why wouldn't you launch a Shopify store and then sell that on Amazon? Uh, or just don't even launch a Shopify store and sell it on Amazon. And I think a lot of people don't know this, but Amazon has, you can either directly ship the customer. Amazon is something called Fulfilled by Amazon, yeah. um, which you pay them a little bit and they become your logistics provider. You get that prime button. And then you can also sell through Amazon. They can become, you know, it's, it's like a B2B. They become the distributor of your product. And that might be really beneficial as well. But it all starts with understanding Profile optimization, similar to LinkedIn, but also the advertising platform yeah. is absolutely powerful. So what I like about this book, I mean, the, the, the book is a little bit self-serving. Hey, Timothy, um, great book. Um, there are some areas where it talks a lot about his agency, a lot about his agency clients. So <laughs> there's a, there's some of that, but there's yeah. also, this is our process. Yeah. This is how we create Amazon campaigns. This is how we divide our keywords into three different ad groups. And that sort of information is really golden. So if whether you are a beginner or intermediate Amazon marketer or you sell to consumer and you're considering Amazon, this is going to be a, a, a really, really great primer and a really, really good how-to on how to get started by doing more on the platform. Yeah, but certainly one I might have a look at, actually. Um, I mean, there is there's a different, there used to be at least a different a book advertising um API, but I, I suspect they might have incorporated that into the main one now. Yeah. yeah, so it's interesting because I I self-published my first two books, including yeah. Maximizing LinkedIn for Sales and Social Media Marketing. The other two that we'll introduce shortly went through major publishers, and I could never advertise the book as the author. It had to yeah. come from the publisher. But about a year ago, Amazon actually allowed 
authors who did not self-publish to use the Amazon ad platform to promote their book, so yeah. which is great, right? Yeah. Um, but just the fact that as a self-published author, you have the freedom to advertise on Amazon, it almost, and I'm, like I said, considering my next book, it almost makes me want to self-publish just for the fact that I'm in full control of the Amazon ads. That's is how powerful yeah. I believe Amazon, ad, Amazon is. Okay, right. Shall we go on to the next book? Sounds like a plan. Which is, I'm alternating your books and the other people's books, in case you haven't spotted the pattern yet. Sorry about um, that. All right. So, maximize, maximize your social, a one-step guide to building a social media strategy for marketing success by business by Neil Schaefer. Um, yeah, right. I probably should have put the shortened title there. <laughs> yeah, so this is my third book, Maximize Your Social. Yeah. This came out two years after Maximizing LinkedIn for Sales and Social Media Marketing. So this is 2013. And since I launched my company in 2010, I really focused on helping companies create social media marketing strategies. Often they didn't have any, they didn't know what was possible with social media. And I decided that after consulting with my publisher, who's Wiley, um, I, you know, I could create a LinkedIn business book based off of the previous book. I could create that Twitter book that I've been talking about, or I could create a book that really replicates my model, my process for creating social media marketing strategies. And Wiley thought that would be the book to write. And that's the book that I wrote. Once again, there are sections here that are outdated. I mean, there's a chapter on Google Plus and its importance. You can skip through that chapter. But everything else about strategy creation, about doing audits, um, measuring ROI, is it's evergreen in concept. So, and in fact, um, Tim, when I did a, a giveaway for the release of The Age of Influence, which is going to be this book, my most recent book, and I allowed people to pick a second book if they won, and I gave them the option to maximize your social together with all these other books that were published more recently. I actually had more interest in maximize your social. Yeah. So, you know, the topic of being able to create a social media marketing strategy, you know, is obviously huge. I also used to run a website called uh, Windmill Networking, which became Maximize Social Business. I had a lot of guest bloggers, and a lot of the chapters here are actually contributed from those guest bloggers, from those experts, including some, uh, I believe, from the UK. So, real briefly, because I wrote the book to give you an idea. Once again, this has about eighteen chapters. I'll try to be really quick. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you know, um, things like, you know, the trends of social media, social media business, um, you know, why a social media strategy is the framework for the ever-changing world of social media, how to determine your objectives for your program, um, how to audit your current social media in light of creating a strategy, the core elements and concepts in your social media strategy. That's sort of the foundation. And then I move into the channels. So you have blogging, yeah, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, these are all still relevant. Twitter may be a little bit less relevant, but Twitter actually still drives more traffic to my yeah. website, neilshafer.com, than any other social network. So it's still important for that reason. Uh, chapter in Google Plus, we can skip. It was a great chapter, but anyway. Um, <laughs> and obviously, I, I at the time, Pinterest was new. Instagram was new. So there's a chapter on maximizing visual social networks that I would obviously, in a rewrite, we'd have one for, and we'd include TikTok in there as well. Um, so that's sort of like the tactical advice per network. And then I go into more organization. So determining staffing roles and responsibility, who's going to do what, uh, onboarding your strategy, whether you work with an agency, you do it in-house, managing the risks of social media, creating your PDCA workflow, plan, do, check, action, uh, integrating your strategy with all your other marketing, and then measuring the ROI of your social media strategy and, and optimizing it over time. So those are things that I think are still relevant. Um, this is the other book that I'd like to create a vision for right now. Wiley owns the rights. So 
I got to wait for him to knock on my door. Another reason why I'm thinking of self-publishing in the future. So I have full control over being able to revise in a quickly changing environment that is social media. But that is maximize your social. Yeah. So um, going a little bit off piste. Um, Because last week's show went on for an hour and a quarter. So don't worry about watching. Well, I'm Um, normally a fast talker. My parents are from New York City. So I'm used to talking fast. Uh, Yeah. how did you get involved in social media in the first place? What was the first network? I probably asked you this in person, actually, and I forgot the answer. But like, how did you get involved in social media? Uh, I mean, I know you've sort of been in sales beforehand, but what was the first network you were on? And then when did you think, oh, how how did how did I get? When did, what made you interested in social media? Yeah, so my background's B two B sales. So yeah. part of B two B sales is networking, yeah. and I worked for a Silicon Valley based company. So I you know, received an invite back in 2004. I was one of the first million members of LinkedIn because of the fact that I worked in that environment and it was another B2B salesperson. Let's get connected. And, and I sort of connected, I had invites come here and there that I, if I knew the person I accepted, if I didn't, I didn't, and I didn't really do anything with it. It was really when I moved back to the United States from Japan and I was looking for a job for the first time that I said, you know what? I don't have a local network. I know how important networking is and I might want to shift industries because I was in a very, very niche B2B industry where there weren't a lot of jobs being created. So that's where I said, you know what? I want to go on LinkedIn. I want to use it as a networking tool. And I really went deep into it. So, you know, it's interesting when you're in transition, people spend their time very differently. I spent hours a day on LinkedIn. So I realized there were things like LinkedIn answers, like LinkedIn used to have this internal Quora. And I was on there, you know, learning, but also answering other people's questions. I was starting to connect with people I didn't know when I realized that, the more connections you had, the higher you showed up in the search results. Does no longer work that way, but back <laughs> in the day it did. It was a very simplistic yeah. search engine. So all that tied with my sales background led me to understand that LinkedIn as a business tool is really powerful. So when I ended up finding my job, this is July of 2008, I actually launched my first blog on LinkedIn because they used to have apps that they supported. One was the mm-hmm. WordPress app and it was wordpress.com. It was you know your, your expert expert answers to your LinkedIn questions. It wasn't very well branded. Um, and I just said, you know what, even though I found my job, I'm going to continue to use LinkedIn as a networking vehicle. And if I have a blog, people, I can network with people 24 seven around the world virtual. And it's really that concept, which led to my writing my first book, because that job lasted three and a half months. We went into a recession. We had the Lehman brothers crash in the fall of 2008. Yeah. Um, and my wife is like, you know, if you don't find a job, just write a book. Yeah. So I turned, uh, 25% of the book came from the blog. Um, and I spent uh, 2009 writing the book and and there you have it. So it's really an industry that found me, but because I did sales at a startup in Asia, I was like a country manager. So I had to wear a lot of hats. I had to you know wear a customer service hat, a marketing hat. And it was that that gave me a really holistic view of marketing and how it supports a business. So I do not have a formal marketing education, even though I teach marketing at universities, believe it or not. But really this, this down to earth, very sales-driven, results-driven, bread and butter, keep things simple, keep things actionable. Um, That is sort of the perspective that I brought that people have found to be very refreshing. And it's really the consulting experience and and working with other businesses. You know, it's funny, in the creator economy, people are like, they have this imposter syndrome, but as long as you know a little bit more than the other person, you're not being imposter, you know more than them. You don't have to be the world's foremost expert, but if if you know more than someone, you are an expert in their eyes and you can leverage that. So, you know, it's just come from experience now 
Uh, I really enjoyed working with various companies, helping them with a consulting basis, writing books, speaking, meeting people. Um, and I've just continued on that path. And, and really, um, you know, at the time I had a young family. So being able to stay at home and being together, you know, with my wife and my kids and seeing them, you know, seeing them uh, through school and, you know, being able to uh, join the PTA board and become manager of my, uh, even coach my, my kids, you know, a football team at school. Um, that was all part of why I continued doing what I was doing. It was this independent lifestyle that I think a lot of us, a lot of us really uh, thrive for. And it really fed my passion to want to be even more successful at doing this. Okay. Well, that was a lot, huh? No, 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 that was good because no it's, simple answers here. it's context. It's context. That's it's context, it's exactly. Context. Right. On to the next one. Which is Content Chemistry, the sixth ah. edition by Andy Crestodina. So this is the book that I'm currently reading. Read yeah. it before. Okay. This book is in its sixth, it's V6. I, I know with the zoom yeah. effect, it's all blur, but yeah. um <laughs> Andy is an amazing person, um, and this book has really become one of one of the default books if you want to understand content and its role in marketing. So he calls it the Illustrated Handbook for Content Marketing. Um, he has a quote from Jay Baer, also very, very well known in the industry, the most practical book ever written about modern digital marketing. This book has become a textbook at many universities. It is 300, you know, 50 pages, but it's full. I'm going to try to hold it. It's full of illustrations. Um, well, very good, yeah. easy to read, very well laid out. It is self-published. So this is another role model for me of someone that is self-published that's been very, very successful. He keynotes content marketing world every year, but yeah. he's also one of the kindest, coolest people that you'll ever meet. And this book is extremely dense. So mm. you're an expert. It becomes more like a reference guide. If you're a beginner, it might be a little bit overwhelming, but it's going to have everything you need. Now, Andy comes at it from a web design perspective. He, he, I think primarily what he does now is content marketing, but his yeah. company, and he says, started as a web design company. So there's a lot about the design of your website that is also part of this book that I probably would not include in a book that I write covering the same topic. Um, and it is an intrinsic part. I will look at other aspects. So this is where I talk about mm -hmm. understanding the background of the author, um, yeah. give you, you know, some good ideas, but it, it is very much a textbook. Um, but so there's a lot of theory, but obviously there's a lot of practical advice as well. So, um, just very briefly to give you an idea, I won't go through everything, but you know, it, it comes down to, he has it divided into part one lecture, part two lab. I just finished the lecture section, yeah. but you know, the lecture is. This is where you get traffic to your web from. This is how you convert them. And then the lab is all about content creation and content promotion. So at the heart of it, you get an idea of what the book is about. But if you're looking for a really, really good reference, it might take you time to get through it. There might be sections that you want to skip because you already know it or you don't think it's important to your business. But it, it has so much information and it's on its sixth version. So yeah. Andy, and this one just came out, I think a few months ago. So, which is why I rebought it. Cause my last version was like the third version. And he does a really good job of, of keeping, you know, you up to date on everything. So definitely if that is what you're looking for, I, I would, you know, would not hesitate to pick up this book. Yeah. I mean, I'm always, he's always been somebody, I didn't know he'd, he'd actually written book and uh, keynote. I've only ever seen him speak at like social media marketing. Well, usually on analytics or something like that, but he's always been he's very impressive. 
Yeah. So web design analytics content, those are like his yeah. three gigs. And um, you know, content marketing world, I think is his biggest thing. He also has this annual survey of bloggers. So there's a lot of data in here from that survey. If you do, you know, searches about how long should my blog post be, um, yeah. you'll in the top 10 search results see his, excuse me, his blog post about that. He's also like myself, a brand ambassador for um, SEMrush, an SEO tool. We've been on a webinar together there and he, he will, um, you know, be on their webinars as well. So he's someone that's definitely very visible. The name of his company is Orbit Media Studios. They're out of Chicago, if you haven't heard of them. But uh, yeah, he's, um, you know, very, very logical, very, very rational uh, approach that is, um, you know, it, it's, it's cut and dry. It's very, very clear and clean and easy to understand. Okay. Right. Let's get on to the next book for this uh, familiar author. Who is the, it's the Age of Influence by Neil Schaefer. <laughs> All right. The third and last book we'll introduce of mine. Yeah. The Age of Influence. So I was, uh, I finished, you know, 2009, 2011, 2013. Boom, boom, boom. Every two years, published books. I got pretty busy with my business after that. Uh, consulting and speaking, those two things. And, and, you know, speaking takes up a lot of time. It's not just the time on stage. It's the travel and, and everything. So it was really when I realized that, a book, and if, if you're thinking of becoming an author yourself, a book is the best business card you can have. A book yeah. promotes who you are and what you do. And I realized that obviously over time, there's more competition in the industry. There's more speakers. There's more consultants. And I did not have a book out in several years. So uh, it was actually serendipity. There was a guy named Lee Constantine. I'm going to give him a shout out from a site called publicizer.com. And Publishizer.com is a Kickstarter for authors. So it oh, allows okay. you it allows you to uh, promote your book and to yeah. begin getting pre-sales orders. And they basically take 30%. You take 70%. You can create custom like, hey, buy three books and I'll give you a free 30-minute coaching session or uh, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Um, but he also helped me create a book proposal for that website. And yeah. on the website, as you can imagine, there's a lot of providers of services for, hey, I'll help you format your book in Kindle, et cetera, et cetera. But there's a lot of publishers that are on there as well. So I had a publisher from the Netherlands and my book would have been published in Dutch before English, believe it or not, if I had worked with that. And yeah. I would have been in Amsterdam uh, frequently, um, yeah. which is would have been a very cool thing. But at the same time, I got introduced to someone at HarperCollins Leadership. And we talked over the course of a few days. And then I had a contract a few days later. Uh, it was very, very quick. Um, so I had an idea for a book and the idea came when I was doing a lot of speaking and I would always get asked questions about what's the ROI of social media or mm. what are the, the technology or the tools I can use. But for the first time, it was specifically at a MBA class I was teaching at USC here in Los Angeles. It was a class on social media strategy, but the questions I was getting asked was not just about influencer marketing, but how can these marketers become influencers themselves? They had friends they were getting paid like, you know, $1,000 to post a photo on Instagram. These were the early days of, of influencer marketing. So as I dug a little bit deeper, I realized that of all the things we can do in digital marketing, influencer marketing is the least understood yet most impactful. So that's where I decided, you know, I'm going to do a little bit more research. I'm going to interview people. I'm going to go back into my own history of consulting. And when I connected the dots, I realized there's a book here. So I spent 2019 writing the book. It was published in March 17, 2020, the day literally the California went on lockdown. And it's really yeah. the impetus for my next book, which is what do you do when you're on COVID lockdown? How do you promote yourself 100% digitally? Uh, and I think we all found ourselves in that position. So 
Um, you know, th this book is really for business owners, entrepreneurs, executives, uh, marketers who want to better understand what exactly influencer marketing is and how to leverage it in the company. So it, it begins with, like my other books, with the mindset that this is nothing new. With the, the, you know, the topic of celebrity endorsements has been around for hundreds of years. But also, you know, how do we how do we find influencers? How do we communicate with them? What types of campaigns can we do? What are some yeah. of the pitfalls? What are the laws around it? How do we measure the ROI? What's that? So all these really practical things are also included. And for this book, Tim, I made sure not to include dated information. So whether you read it now or in 2023 or 2024, I wanted to make sure that everything about it was as evergreen as possible. And I really did my best to ensure that that was the case. So 2019, TikTok had really not emerged, but the yeah. concepts in here, they apply equally to an Instagram as they would a TikTok. So that is my spiel. So I, I believe, you know, the power of influencers to elevate your brand. Um, I talk about employee influencers. I talk about leveraging your customers as influencers. I talk about leveraging influencers just for content creation. So I really meant it to be the definitive handbook on influencer marketing that's out there. So uh, it's also, you know, um, Maximize Your Social was never translated. There is a, a Chinese version that I have around here, an yeah. Arabic version, a Bulgarian version, and a Vietnamese version that are available in those local languages, which you can find. I don't know if you can find them on Amazon or not, but but they're floating out there if you want to read it in another language. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's ironic, actually. That's one of the books that I actually recommended on the first ever show of Book Chat Live, which I think was in 2020 sometime. Yes, it um, was right after seeing you at Social Media Marketing World, now. Probably, yeah. Yeah. So I've had the... Uh, well, I think I listen to it on audio. I tend to listen to audio books, but yeah, I, certainly it was a good book. Not like that was my launch. That that conference yeah. came out two. It, it was like two weeks before the publishing date, and I was able to get enough copies. I told my publisher, "Look, it's social media marketing world. I, yeah. I got to have copies available for my fans." So, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we're we're gonna move off the Neil Schaefer side of things, and into. Uh, YouTube, the YouTube formula by Devil Eaves. Oh man, this, this is an amazing book. You know, there's a lot of books out there about, you know, including mine, maximizing LinkedIn or, yeah. you know, how to rocket on Instagram or how to do TikTok ads. If you are curious whatsoever, whether you want to become an, a YouTuber or whether you want to leverage YouTube for your business, this there is not any other book that is as definitive about how to leverage a channel in innovative ways using best practices as this book is, The YouTube Formula by Daryl Eves. He's someone I've had on my own podcast. He's someone that's been in the back of several uh, successful YouTubers, including Mr. Beast, one of his oldest friends and, and earliest uh, consultants. Yeah. Um, and But this book, he lays it all out. In fact, um, Daryl also founded something called Vid Summit which is the definitive YouTuber conference. I had the pleasure of attending it back in September in Los Angeles for the first time. And he has fostered a community where they share everything. You know, I go to some conferences. I don't know about you, Tim, but you go to some of these marketing conferences and, you know, they're not sharing screenshots of their analytics. They're not, they're not no. giving away a lot no. of secrets. He gives away everything. It's full of screenshots and these are the exact numbers. And it's very much analytics driven. And you realize after reading the book that analytics becomes extremely important to your success on YouTube. But he has, you know, case studies. 
He has, you know, analogies with Seinfeld. I mean, the guy's a genius, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it really, really uh, a just fantastic book. Cannot say uh, enough about it. It, it. This really is the definitive book for YouTube. And I think if you've ever tinkered with YouTube or, you know, like I said, ever published a video there or want to or want to understand how to get traction, this book is really the secret to do that. Yeah, I mean, I've seen him speak as well and he's very, very good as a speaker. Oh, awesome. So. Down to earth and yeah, yeah. great guy. Okay, well, it's like if you want YouTube, then read this book because I can't yeah. pick any other books. Really and that's right. why, and that's why I picked that book because it really is that it really is that definitive of a book. And um, you know, I, I had someone, one of my fractional CMO clients, he had he had bought the Age of Influence, and I recommended this book. He wanted to do more on YouTube. Yeah. He ended up buying like the coaching program from from Daryl, which is a you know a, in the thousands of dollars. Yeah. Um, but he gets results, and he shares that. And yeah, that's just he's he's just. I don't want to say badass because I don't know if there's censors on these videos. Well, I'm um, hoping, but yeah, hopefully. yeah. So <laughs> I said it anyway, but yeah. but anyway, yeah, he's he's uh, seriously uh, amazing at what he does. Yeah. Okay. And marketing artificial intelligence by Paul Wotzka and uh, Mike Caput. I probably mispronounced his name there. Yeah, marketing artificial intelligence. I have a, a disclaimer. I have not finished reading this book. Um, okay. I have had Paul uh, Reutzer, the author of my podcast. I also had a chance to see him speak at Content Marketing World. And he is really the only person that, and he's been doing this for several years. He has this like marketing artificial intelligence institute. He is the only person that's really evangelizing the use of AI in marketing and really trying to help marketers better understand and not be afraid of AI. So this is a really great book. If you're new to AI, if you're afraid of AI, or if you're like, you know what, AI is incredible technology and it could be used to better to make me more productive. Uh, a lot of content writers, content marketers are using AI tools, but he goes above and beyond that. Um, you know, the science of making marketing smart, advertising and AI, analytics and AI, communications, PR and AI, customer service and AI, SEO and AI, and on and on and on and on. So it's just a really, really good primer and an eye opener for what is possible, what isn't possible, and also what's on the horizon. And you know, it, it's funny, Tim, I have friends from Japan. I was just there over the holidays and it was right when Amazon announced the layoff. And uh, I think Google is reporting and Facebook and lower than expected, you know, ad revenue and what have you. I think that AI is starting to, um, you know, make companies more profitable and have less of a need for as many employees just because they're able to be more productive. Um, I, I do think we're already starting to see that. And I think it is something that every marketer, in fact, every professional, the, the newest uh, tool is called ChatGPT. I'm yeah. assuming you've heard of it. It's been in the news. Yeah. There's already a school district that's banned because they don't want their kids writing essays on it. Um, and, and even Google has come out and said, hey, we have this EAT algorithm, expertise, authority, trustworthiness. We're going to add experience to that because we don't want to use an AI tools to try to write content to rank when you don't have any experience in, in that subject. So it, it has really been impactful. So I think this is really the, the primer book to read for a lot of different reasons. But this is the definitive book, really the only guy that's talking about this that's out there um, and really a great guy as well. So definitely if, if AI is your thing and or marketing is your thing, you owe it yourself to see what the future of marketing is going to look like. Yeah, because isn't it like ChatGBT holds the record for the fastest growth to a million users or something like that? It's like... 
Facebook took two years and ChatGPT was like a month or something ridiculous. Yeah, you know, a company called OpenAI um, at Content Marketing World, they had just released something called Dali. They released Dali 2, which yeah. is a visual uh, content creator using AI. Uh, and that's pretty amazing. I mean, he said, hey, instead of, you know, spending an hour looking for the right stock photo, just tell the AI what stock photo you want and then you'll get a license-free, you know, image. Now, I have had a lawyer say that when you source content from AI, you actually do not own that content. And there's yeah. going to be a lot of potential copyright issues. I haven't seen Paul speak about that yet, but if you are in a large organization, you may want to you know, ask your lawyer about that because I, I have heard about it. Um, but other than that, though, um, just incredibly, incredibly powerful. Um, saves you time, can make your work better. Even, you know, I, I am an ambassador for Adobe Express and at the Adobe uh, Summit conference here in Los Angeles in October, they announced an AI product. This is the most creative company in the world announcing an AI product, but the AI is a co-pilot. And I think that's the way to think of it. You are still the face of your brand, of, of your personal brand, your company, but AI can help you in the background. Even Notion, one of these great note-taking apps, has introduced a beta a AI product that I'm part of the early you know, beta release mm. of to help you, if, if, you know, to, to help you better brainstorm. So AI is coming. It's going to be part of mainstream work and mainstream productivity. I say get on board earlier rather than later. Yeah, I think that's very good advice. Um, I mean, I think people can be intimidated, but reading a book like this, I mean, it's like it's presumably not that expensive. He looks down at the price. No, it's not that expensive. Well, well okay, it's pretty. It's it's Wiley. It's twenty five dollar hardcover. I don't think he has a paperback, but it is one of a kind. So yeah. I mean. Look, if you're trying to make a hundred thousand pounds, twenty-five pounds—that's a really small yeah. investment to make—is what I tell everybody about buying books. So, yeah. support the authors. Yeah. Anyway, all right. On to the next and final book. Influenced by Brian Boxer Wackler. Wackler. I'm hoping not pronounced his name in some rude way there. Brian Boxter Wackler, MD. Okay, this is another disclaimer. This is another book that I've yet to completely read, but it's also someone that I interviewed on my Your Digital Marketing Coach podcast. Yeah. So I've not seen him speak, but this is really interesting in, in many ways. This is a doctor. He specializes in keratoconus. Do you know what keratoconus is? No. Okay, I am one of the few people in the world that actually have keratoconus. It oh. is, it is, uh, it, it is a... A, a disformed cornea on your eye. And it often happens with some sort of, you know, so, something happens to your, to your eye. It happened to me at like 18. It wasn't painful, yeah. but I noticed, you know, I, I was going to basketball games and I couldn't see the numbers and uniforms as clearly. And I went to a doctor and they go, Oh, you, you have like a warp on your cornea. And it's why I wear hard contact lenses to this day. Mm. So this is a doctor. Okay. That specializes in keratoconus. He's become, he, he's gone above and beyond that. He also, covers neurological issues, et cetera, et cetera. But he is someone that over COVID, he has two high school, uh, you know, age teenage daughters. They got him on TikTok. And also to repeat the story that he told me on my podcast, do you know what cap or no cap means? It's sort of a Gen Z language. Uh, no, I'm old. So <laughs> Yeah, well, well, I'm, I'm old as well, my friend. But if you have kids in high school, cap means, I my, my son goes, that's so cap. It means yeah. that's such a lie. Oh. Yeah. So, um, and by the way, boomer, if you're called a boomer, anyone over the age 25, they call boomers. Yeah. In fact, Gen Z, they make fun of millennials. It's pretty funny because <laughs> we, we sort of think millennials aren't that much older than Gen Z, sure. but anyway. Um, so cap, no cap. 
and so when he when he realized that language, he was in his like doctor garb and he would start making these videos and they were reaction videos because so many people give so much health advice on yeah. TikTok, but they're not doctors. They're just normal people. So he, he created this theme, cap or no cap. Is this advice legit or not? Um, and he now has more than 3 million followers oh, on TikTok, okay. and he is older than us and he's a doctor. So one of the things though that happened, but he got so addicted to TikTok that he'd be on a family vacation and he'd bring his like TikTok garb and his family would be at the poolside. He goes, oh, I got to shoot a video here. And his family actually intervened and forced mm -hmm. him to take time off of TikTok for his own mental health. So he has a lot of perspective when he writes a book. You know, the, the whole idea about this book is the impact of social media on our perception. Um, how does social media affect our perception? Obviously, there's two ways to look at it. How do we have more positive mental health by being more active on social media? How do we control social media for our own good? But from a marketer's perspective, it's also interesting in how social media can influence and affect people. So on a lot of different ways, um, it's a really fascinating book. Uh, the introduction is by uh, another Dr. Tony Yoon, who's actually another doctor influencer. And, you know, I'll, I'll put it here. Uh, Dr. Pimple Popper, I don't know her, Sandra Lee, a must read to understand how social media is shaping our world in ways you don't even know. So this is less about for marketers and business people, more just general, you know, reading about how social yeah. media is shaping our brains. Yeah, and it definitely is shaping our brains, uh, not necessarily in a good way either. And, and written by a doctor. So it, 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 yeah. it's medical as well. Um, yeah, this this one's $27.95. Um, and, you know, it, it's funny, one of... Um, one of the people who wrote uh, the, the blurbs in the back is actually a famous wide receiver from the New England Packers, right. Bob Gronkowski, who wrote, loved your new book, Dr. Brian, as he's uh, commonly known. A lot of gems in there that people can learn and apply to their life when it comes with dealing with social media. Grab your copy today, no cap. And I think that's a really great <laughs> summary of uh, how universal the message is in this book. So I hope you'll consider it. Okay. Well, let's say... Um... That's the end of the formal interview, but I always like to ask this uh, question to people. Let's say that you had to recommend just one of those books to somebody. Um, what criteria would you use to select what book it would be, or would it be the same book to everybody? Well, it's almost like a decision tree, right? Like, what yeah. are you, uh, what, you know, are you in business or is this for personal? Because yeah. if it's just for personal to better understand social media, influence is going to be your choice, right? Yeah. So then it's like, okay, are you in business? Are you in marketing? Are you a content creator? Um, do you want to learn more about video, about influencers, about LinkedIn? So it definitely comes down to individual priority. It's almost like I'm a consultant and like, okay, what is your biggest pain point? And based on the pain point, I'd make a recommendation. Um, yeah. I, I'd say if you're a marketer, um, you know, AI and marketing is a powerful one yeah. because it's, it's very broad. Uh, and it'll give you a, 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 you know, important understanding of AI. If you're a small business owner, I mean, content chemistry, I think makes a lot of sense because it covers a lot of basics of, of content and web design. It's something that most small yeah. businesses don't get, which is the importance of content. Video, obviously YouTube formula. I mean, that's pretty clear cut. Uh, if you're new to social media marketing and want to figure out how to make it, you know, work for your business, maximize your social. If you want to, if you are in an industry where you see a lot of influencers, you're under, you want to understand how to tap into them, then the age of influence. So, you know, as, as you go more niche, the book, you know, uh, recommendation yeah. process gets yeah. a lot easier, but hopefully that sort of 
timeline and, and decision tree makes sense. Okay. Um, and you kind of mentioned this um, earlier that you're, you're in the process of writing another book. Is that uh, correct? So I have been brewing and stirring yeah. this pot of content for the last three years because when I published The Age of Influence, as I mentioned, I had to promote it 100% digitally. I also had a lot of companies that wanted help with their influencer marketing, but I realized that there were other parts of their digital marketing that if they improved would have bigger impact. So this is where I went from becoming a pure social media marketing consultant to a digital marketing consultant, uh, You know, learning more and helping companies with things like SEO and email marketing and pay-per-click and what have you. So my next book that I wanna write is a digital marketing playbook for the post-COVID economy, is how do we leverage all of these different channels to bring digital social influencer content together under one umbrella with a unique framework that's gonna really dumb it down and accelerate the digital literacy of the reader. So that's uh, it's been an exciting project. Uh, the content's there. This is going to be a repurposing effort because I have so many podcast episodes where I talk about it, blog posts, um, and literally, you know, over the last few days, Tim, one of the reasons why I decided to do this 52 book uh, reading campaign for the year is if you want to create something, you need to be immersed in it. If you want to become better at TikTok, you should be on TikTok an hour a day. So I need to re-engage with books in my industry to understand better what's out there, to understand what books that today are offering so that I can write a better book. So this is part of this process. And I'm the type of guy, Tim, who when I start doing something, I block out days in the calendar and I just get it done. So for me, it's do I self-publish or not is, is the latest thing that I've been researching. But before I publish the book, I'm actually going to start creating my first digital course and publishing that. But that content is going to roll into the book as well, right? Yeah. So uh, everything I do inspires this next book and I just really can't wait to get it out there, but I, it, it's still not available for pre-order. It's still uh, some time away, but the beautiful thing if I self-publish is I can get it out in a few months instead of waiting 18 months to two years when you work with a major publisher. So um, yeah. I'm hoping by the end of the year, I'll have something. So, so stay tuned. Okay. So um, that's all my questions done. I mean, I have in previous shows, I asked people like what they would buy on Amazon if money was no object, but we haven't prepped that. So, uh, um, but like, theoretically, if you were going to, like, if I could buy you, if, if, if a lovely Bill Gates was watching and said, oh, I've got a billion pounds that you can spend on any item on Amazon, what sort of thing would have you picked? Just Man, I'd have them, you know, buy as many copies of my book and donate them to libraries <laughs> around the world. <laughs> That's the ultimate, right? I don't really need anything. Yeah. Um, you know, I got my monthly subscribe and save set up. When I yeah. need something, I get it. It's, it's, you know, I don't, it adds up, but it's not like a lot of money. Um, have, you got, have you got one of those Amazon button things where you you could get them and you just press if you got a, it real just the same thing? Yeah, no, I don't. That's sort of scary. Um, you know, I, I have my video equipment. I have my podcast equipment. I got my standing desk. I need to get that yeah. up. So, you know, from a, and that's usually as a content creator, those are the most expensive things. Amazon doesn't offer services. So if yeah. Amazon offered services like an Upwork or a Fiverr, There'd be a lot more things as a business owner I'd want. But um, yeah. yeah, in terms of hardware, once you have the infrastructure, you don't really need anything else. So, Okay. Well, it's been great to have you on the show today. And I might as well play my uh, waiting screen intro thing for the end so that you can listen to exciting music again. Oh, where's um, my drumsticks? Here we go. It won't be, uh, yeah, it won't be such a, uh, it's actually quite, yeah. 
it's quite a decent song actually but this is only yeah. supposed to be for the intro thing but here we go so goodbye everybody thanks for people watching <laughs>